You are listening to a message recorded at Living Hope Church in Southwick, Massachusetts. We hope you find encouragement through God's Word today. The Great Wall of China is one of the largest man-made structures in the world. One of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It's so big, it's visible from space. It covers 13,171 miles. It stands 30 feet tall with sections of the wall anywhere from 13 to 16 feet wide. It's so wide that carriages can ride along the top of it. Stationed throughout the wall's defenses were beacons, towers, and watch stations. Running from east to west, it was meant to protect the border of China from enemy invasion. Yet despite this, China had been invaded three times by Mongolian armies that got through the wall's defenses. On one occasion, the invading army got through not because the wall wasn't strong enough, but because someone bribed the gatekeeper. Defensive fortifications are only as good as the people manning them. It doesn't matter how strong your defenses are. If one area of your life you are weak, then you are exposed. Like a chain, it's only as strong as its weakest link. The devil wants to attack a church. He will look for the weakest link and start there. At Living Hope Church, part of my role as pastor is to point out weak areas where we need improvement. Turn with me in your Bibles today to Ezekiel 33. We'll be looking at verses 1 onward. Ezekiel 33, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 9. My message today is for the men of the church. Ladies, you can still listen. It's okay. But Father's Day is next week. And it's appropriate for us to have a message geared towards the men of our church because there are two sides to every church family. There's the men and the women. And I believe there are things that you can glean from it. But I want to speak specifically to the men today. Ezekiel 33, verses 1 through 9. Before we begin, I would like to pray. So, Father, I just ask you today, Lord, as I bring this word humbly, graciously, Lord God, I pray let it be received well, let it be heard, let it strengthen us so that, Lord, there be no weak areas in, Lord, our defenses, but that we would be truly prepared and ready for what you have for us and be mindful of every attack that the enemy might bring against us, our families, and those around us. So we just pray, Lord, strengthen us today through your word. Ezekiel 33, verse 1. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, speaking of Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from their territory, and he makes them their watchmen, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, and if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, If the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. But if he hears the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning, his blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his own life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming, and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes away any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. Verse 7, so you, son of man, I have made you a watchman. You can underline that or highlight it. But to you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. 
So therefore you shall hear the word of my mouth and warn them for me. When I say the wicked, a wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. And that wicked man dies in his sin, his blood, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. I know it's a heavy verse of Scripture, but the idea is simple. The Lord is speaking to Ezekiel. Ezekiel, who is a prophet, prophet who is a contemporary of the prophet Daniel. Uh, he prophesied for the kingdom of Judah prior to the attack of the Babylonians. He predicted not only the coming of the attack and the destruction of Jerusalem, but he also lived long enough to see it take place. And so he was on two sides of his ministry. The first part of his ministry was prophesying and warning the people, listen, if you don't change, if you don't turn to the Lord, destruction will come swiftly. But then after the Lord's judgment came by way of destruction, he said, there is a promise and there is a hope that you can look to, forward to for the future. God will bring you back to this land and restore this city. So God appointed Ezekiel as a spiritual watchman for the people of Israel. Now what exactly is a watchman? A watchman is defined as a military or civil security person who had the responsibility to protect ancient towns or military installations from surprise attack or civil disasters. Watchmen also had the responsibility of announcing the dawn of the new day. So I want to pause there too because the watchman is there to watch for threats and things that would come against the city and the people he cared about, but his, his voice was also that when the sun rise, rose in the, the east, that he was to declare the beginning of a new day. I, I challenge you today that both men and women here today, part of our job as watchmen for the Lord's house is not only to declare that which is dangerous to our souls and dangerous to our families and dangerous to our church, but also to declare the beginning of a new day in God. In a passage describing the function and responsibility of the prophets, Ezekiel reported the watchman's function and responsibility was to warn him of pending danger. If the watchman failed in his task, he would be guilty of the blood of the people. In contrast to the faithful prophets, Isaiah compared the leaders of Israel to blind watchmen who lacked the ability to see Israel's danger, much less lead the people to repentance. The prophets who served as Israel's watchmen were the ones who first saw the coming destruction of Israel and also were the ones who first announced the return to the land. So the role of the watchman is to protect the city from surprise attacks and civil disasters. He was to warn the people. He was to watch, he was to be watchful, and uh, his watchfulness was essential to protecting the people. They would declare the dawning of the new dawn, of the new day. But there's also a spiritual connection with the idea of a watchman to warn and protect the people spiritually. There's some things I want us to observe. Now, these next four thoughts I want to share with you, we can all write these down, but I'm speaking specifically to the men of this church Lessons we can learn from the watchman. Number one, first and foremost, is that the watchman had their shift. There wasn't just one watchman who just watched all the time. But rather, there would be different watches of the day, uh, different shifts throughout the day, and a person would be assigned to that shift. And while he was there, perched on that wall, it was his job to keep watch. Men, your season is here and now. 
the times of your father and his father have passed. Now you are the one who oversees your family. Do not miss out on this time in your life. When you're single, you were thinking, weren't thinking about any of these things. You only had yourself to look out for. But now you are responsible for the well-being of your family, your spouse, and your children. Can I encourage you that while you are working this shift, while you are existing in this time and season of life, to be fully engaged in your season. Because soon this season will be over. Time does not stand still. I can tell you that firsthand. In one moment, your child goes from riding a bike to going on to college. Time passes quickly. So don't squander the time that you've been given. Don't be negligent in your shift. You have been given to this time and this generation. Make sure you are fully engaged in it. Secondly, the watchman was always to be alert and watching. He was always to be alert and watching. The watchman was never distracted from his duty. The charge was given to him to make the city safe from all threats. His eyes had to be open at all times. If things didn't look right, he was to warn those that were under his care. Men, I encourage you today, pay attention to the things that are going on in your life and in your family. You are to be responsible to look over those things. Your responsibility doesn't end when your child turns 18 and when they leave the house. I guarantee you they'll need you more now than they ever had before because the stakes are higher, the mistakes are bigger, and the effects are longer term. So don't think that for a moment that when your child gets to the point that they're old enough that your responsibility as a father and as a watchman over your house ends. It doesn't. So be aware of those things. Pay attention to those things. Care for your wife. Care for your children. And take notice of the things that may be troubling them or trying to harm them. There's nothing worse than a man that's clueless. <laughs> and if that hits home for you, I'm sorry. But there's nothing worse than a man who's clueless that is not observing the stresses and the difficulties that are going on within your family. If your child is troubled, whether they are young or whether they are old, be mindful enough to say, what's going on? If your wife is troubled, distracted, uh, feels uh, anxious or worried or tired, do not overlook those things, but engage your family. Be watchful for what's happening. There are many things out there in this world that we live in today that are out to threaten your way of life. They're out to threaten your family. And if you are, do not have your eyes open at all times, they will come upon you with what looks like something that came on suddenly. But in reality, just like the watchman, you could have seen it from afar off. You could have seen the problems in your marriage. You could have seen the problems with your children. You could have seen them if you were just paying attention. So always have your eyes open and be alert. Thirdly, he didn't fall asleep on his duty. He didn't fall asleep during his watch. Too many people depended upon him. And complacency always leads to slumber. 
Complacency always leads to slumber. You get comfortable in a job, you get comfortable in a situation, and you can take things for granted. When you've been doing something for so long, it's easy to get tired. Long shifts lead to tired eyes. And unless you do something to keep yourself awake, inevitably, you'll fall asleep on the job. Also, when you've been doing something for so long, it's easy to get comfortable or complacent. Maybe you don't pay attention to the reports that you used to generate. Maybe you didn't clean things as well as that you used to clean. Maybe you don't engage yourself in the job the way that you used to engage. And it's easy to become comfortable. And the attention that you had, the detail, and the passion that you had when you began that job has waned as time has gone on. And you may not be as diligent as you once were. Can I tell you that no longer, how long, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian for, now is not the time to get comfortable and complacent being a Christian. Especially in the world that we're living in. Especially with all the things that are going on in the world and with politics, and with morality, and with the justice system, now is not the time to fall asleep. Now is not the time to be complacent, but to be actively engaged, to be prayerful, and to be a person that is aware of what's going on. Don't allow things into your life that you did not allow before when you were first passionate for the Lord. Further still, don't be negligent as the spiritual leader in your home. Keep watch over your family so you know what to pray for. So don't fall asleep on the job. Don't fall asleep in my sermon either, by the way. Fourthly, when a watchman saw things, he was to be vocal and speak up. How ridiculous would it be to be a watchman that's sitting on the wall and go, oh, I think I see something over there. They look like they have torches and chariots and swords. Oh, I wonder if that's important. But no, it was the job of the watchman to raise that ram's horn trumpet in his hand and sound the alarm. It was his job to report to the army and say, there is a threat that's coming against this house and something needs to be done. Understand that his responsibility was to use his words. Ezekiel used his words to warn the people. The watchman doesn't fight the battles. He simply alerts the army when it's time to fight and defend. The watchman's not expected to go to the battlefront. He is only expected to be on the edge and to be aware and to sound the alarm. Can I challenge you today, men and women of God, can I challenge you with this thought that your job as the watchman for your house in this church is just simply to be aware and that when the time comes that you raise the alarm and you pray and the army that fights for you is not a physical army of this world, but it's the very armies of heaven itself. But if we're not aware then we can't summon that army. If we are not prayerful, we cannot summon that army. If we're not living for the Lord, we cannot summon the army that will help us greater than any physical army in this world. We must be aware and sound the alarm. We must speak and use our voice. You know, fathers, men of this house, husbands, when you see a threat to your family, speak up. Use your voice Use it to express your concerns and offer counsel. When you use your voice, you can speak exhortations, warnings, and blessings. 
Your job as dad, your job as husband is not just simply to complain about everything. Your job as a man is not just simply to bring out how you think things won't work and what your two cents are. Your job isn't simply only to be your children's best friend and only speak good things. Sometimes you must bring forth concerns, especially spiritually. Not in a condemning way, not in a judgmental way, but as a father would be concerned for his children, so should we be concerned for our own children. Think of the way the Father, our Heavenly Father, speaks to us. And He always speaks with this gentleness that cuts right to the core of who we are. And then when He speaks, it, it shakes us but not because he's yelling at us because he's angry, but he speaks to us because we know that when he's speaking like this to us, that there's something important that he wants to say. You still have a voice in your house. You still have a voice in your family. You still have a voice in this church. Speak and say what matters. Speak words of Scripture. Speak prayers that are deep and meaningful. Let your prayer life be more than just praying over the meal at dinner time or praying over your son and daughter at bedtime. Men of the church, I encourage you today to use your voice to pray down mountains and to bring down walls because God has put you in that spot. I pray that you'll still love me after this message. I want you to think about this today. LifeWay Research did a study on the percentage of men versus women that attend church. According to a LifeWay study done in 2012, more women than men attend church. 28% of women and only 22% of men. According to that same study, women pray more than men do. 74% of women pray regularly as opposed to 60 of men. We see a trend now where women are more spiritual and more active in their church than men. Can I challenge you today that it's not a weak thing to be a spiritual person. It's not a weak thing to be spiritual. It's not a weak thing to be emotional. It's not a weak thing to love the Lord and to express it or to show it. Church I grew up in, I grew up around tough men. Men who worked hard with rough hands, successful jobs who were strong and physically intimidating, over six feet tall and wide. And they were just in these imposing hulks of men. But they loved the Lord. They were there for every service. They weren't afraid to lift their hands in worship. And they prayed for people in the altar. And they, when the presence of God came down, they wept like little children. Strong men, but spiritually sensitive. Strong men, but had a heart for the Lord and showed it. And there was something about that that when the congregation saw it, when children saw it, I remember standing next to my dad, and, you know, they had the pews back then, and you'd stand next to him in the pew, and all of a sudden on my hand I'd feel a drip drop of tears. And I didn't understand what that meant, and I said, Dad, what's wrong? And there was nothing wrong. And I only understood later that he was just moved by the Spirit. When that happens among men, people don't sit in the, the seats and go, what a weak man. 
People don't sit there and they go, you know, that's someone that's, look, can you just pull it together? Stop being so emotional. There's not a moment where that happens, but rather others are inspired and children go, it's okay to be strong but spiritual. Can I challenge you today to be strong but to be spiritual as men in the church? I say this not for nostalgia's sake, but men like that showed me what it was to be strong and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I want to say that I love the spiritual sensitivity and hunger uh, that the women in our church have. If you haven't been paying attention, there's been a bit of a renaissance among the women in our church. They love God. They serve God. They don't, they love getting together. They love praying for each other. They love spending time in God's word together. And they love being together. They fill the church on Sunday. They fill the study on Thursday nights. But to be a balanced church, we need the men in our church to rise to this responsibility too. It's too easy to say that life is too busy and to be involved. But men need to seek the Lord and lead others in the pursuit of God. The men of our church ought to be in the front and not the back. The first to respond to the Lord and lead, not the second. If this is not taught, then it'll never change. And now, you might say to me, say, well, Pastor Dan, I'm sitting here, and I might be divorced, or I might be single, so what about me? I want you to understand, this doesn't necessarily mean that you can't raise your family still with the fear and the love of the Lord. This message isn't meant to ostracize you. Now, you might ask, why well, teach it at all? Because I want you to understand something. Life would have been different if your man did all these things. Life would have been different if they just took their responsibility seriously, if they treated you well, if they walked by your side, if they took the lead and they thought of you and, and, and your children instead of themselves. If that was the case in that situation, your life would be different more different than it is now. But they abdicated their position. They lacked the maturity and character and it did not take their role seriously. I want you to know that what you do for your family is wonderful. What you do for them is incredible. And it's much harder than to do it by yourself and to do it alone. But we need to remind the past generation and teach future generations on the importance of being there for your wife and your family. If no one says it, no one will know it, and it won't change. I believe the Lord's calling us as men to answer the call to be watchmen. Watchmen over our families and over our church. This is about going deeper. My theme for this year is to go deeper. It's not about being on the surface anymore. It's not about being on the edge or the outskirts of things anymore. It's about getting in deeper to the things of the Lord. I encourage you today as men, as watchmen, don't abandon your post. Don't abdicate the authority God's given you. God wants you to be active in his church. He wants you to be like David who led the procession of praise to the Lord in his house. As a man, you're still a son. You're still a brother. You're still a father. Regardless of how old you are, you can still speak truth and blessing to your family and your church. Now listen, as you've gotten older, maybe you dropped the ball somewhere. Maybe as a dad, you weren't exactly the perfect dad. None of us really are. 
And the ones who look perfect, you don't know the full story. I'm telling you the truth. And they may, your son and daughter might not look at you the same way that they used to. They may not listen to you the same way that they used to. But it doesn't mean that you, does not mean that you can't still pray with authority. It doesn't mean that you can't still, at this phase of your life, lead by example. It's never too late for that. Don't abandon your post, but be faithful in it, especially in this hour. The world is getting worse and not better. Jesus said in Matthew 24, I want you to look at this with me. Are you still with me? You're not mad at me? Hear me what I'm saying. Because I can guarantee you that your wife, your girlfriend, not your wife and your girlfriend, by the way, your wife, your girlfriend, they want this for you. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I can't tell you the number of conversations I've had over the course of my ministry is that I just want my husband to step up and take the leadership role in my house. I want them to be the ones to say, let's go to church. I want them to be the ones to say, let's worship the Lord. I want them to be the one that initiates prayer. They want this from you. So when I say it, I'm not saying it to shame you. I'm saying it to inspire you. Matthew 24, verses 42 through 46. It says, watch therefore, for you don't know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed the house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming, an hour you do not expect. Who then is the wise and faithful and wise servant whom his master has made ruler over his house to give them food in due season? Blessed is the servant that whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he possesses. It'll be good for that servant whose master finds him doing what he left him doing. Matthew chapter 24 and 25 have to do with signs of the return of the Lord. And he uses the metaphor of a servant to explain to his followers his need to be ready for the master's return. How can a servant be ready? By being watchful. By watching the times and the seasons and to be spiritually ready for his return. The watchful servant doesn't let anything be stolen but that everything is where it should be for the master's return. Brothers and sisters, regardless of how long it takes for the Lord's to return, we should not become tired, weary, or careless. Just because it's been 2,000 years since the Lord spoke these words, and it seems like his coming's a long way off, we should not slack off in our duties. Especially since the thief, the enemy of your soul, the devil, is a tireless foe. And even though you get tired, he does not. And he's just waiting for that opportunity for you to let your guard down and take what you have. Resolve today to not let the devil steal anything from your life or your family. Amen? Hear me when I say that your voice matters. Genesis 2.19 talks about the creation account. And it says, out of the ground the Lord God 
formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that's what it was called. Whatever he called it, that's what it was. Whatever the man said it was, that's what it is. Now listen, I'm not preaching some kind of sexist message here about how men are better than women. That's not it at all. If you follow my progression, you'll see where I'm going with this. But God created these things and brought them to Adam and said, what do you want to call it? I'm going to call it a zebra. It's a zebra. What the man has to say in the situation, there's a principle here. God created it, but man named it. And this is true for our identity. Whatever you speak about yourself will become your reality. Whatever you say about yourself, and some men said, I'll never be successful. I'll always be a failure. Whatever you speak is your reality. Whatever your mindset is, whatever comes out of your mouth becomes your reality. It's so important to understand that today because what you think is what will become of you. It's how you approach your day. It's how you approach your life. So if you think you want to amount to anything and you speak that, that's exactly what's going to happen. This is true in your family. What your children hear you say about them is what they will believe about themselves. So speak what you would want them to see them be. Speak faith. Jesus did this with his disciples, and they rose to his words. Jesus chose 12 men that nobody would have picked. And he said to them, you know, you'll, you'll heal the sick. You'll cleanse the leper. You'll cast out demons. One of these days, you will sit on the 12 thrones and judge the 12 tribes of Israel. Peter, on this day I will call you rock, and on, on this rock I will build my church. When these men heard what the master had to say about them, they rose to the occasion and they rose to his words. I want to encourage you today, men, no more silence. No more passivity. Let the men of God speak and lead. Lead and be willing to be led spiritually. God created Adam and Eve together in the garden to work together and to be in authority together. They were a powerful combination when they worked together in the roles that God had given them. It was the enemy that divided them through division. You don't have to look very far in the creation account. You get to chapter 3 and all of a sudden, what does the devil try and do? He goes after Adam's wife and then causes division with them. What did the Lord say to them? He said to be fruitful and multiply and take dominion over the earth. That's what the man and woman were supposed to do. But somewhere along the line, we've lost that perspective, that we forgot that we need to work together. It became competition because the culture made it competitive. But what we need to see today is we need to see both in a relationship that are comfortable in the roles that God has given them and work together for good. The Lord is looking for watchmen who will see what is coming and let others know. He is looking for elders at the gate. Proverbs 31, 23 talks about that the men would be seated at the gate, the elders of the people. And when people had a problem, they came to the elders at the gate. They brought their case to them and the wisdom at that gate was there to help them. As we look at history, in order to ha for a synagogue to be formed in a community, there needed to be at least 10 Jewish men in the community. The role of men cannot be understated in the importance of God's plan. When he speaks about deacons and overseers, 
who will serve the church by praying, serving, and seeking God's wisdom. Men of integrity who lead their families well, who are spiritual, and who pray and teach and follow the Lord. 1 Timothy chapter 3. We all have a role to play in God's church. But the church becomes hobbled when one does not step into the role that God assigned them. The uh, links in the chain become weak when we are not emphasizing those areas. I want to challenge you today, men and women of God, to step into and to lean into what God's called you to do and to be responsible for the people in your life, to be set as a watchman over your home, over your marriage, over your relationship, over your children, over your church, that you would see and say, you know, this is my responsibility until the Lord returns. You say to yourself, well, when do I get off shift? When the Lord returns, that's when you can relax because everything that needs to happen will have happened by then and that we will be in the Lord's presence. But until then, yes, I'm tired from the journey. Yes, I'm tired of, of constantly praying and asking and watching and, and trying to keep things together and trying to maintain my character. Yes, it's an exhausting thing, but your foe is a tireless foe who continually will be coming after you and your family and your church. But will you be at your post or will you have abandoned it because I got bored, I got tired, I got distracted. The Lord wants watchmen for this season that the world is in. The Lord wants watchmen for this church as well, both men and women. Don't give up ground or territory to the enemy. Be faithful. Be prayerful. Be persistent. And take the lead. When you do, others will take notice and follow. Do you believe that today? Three of you. And please understand me that if there's ever a moment you're like, well, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think you're right. I'm open to that. But please me know that I meant no offense by sharing this today or to accentuate anything that may be missing in your life. But if we don't teach it to this generation, who will? We'll just see more of the same and that progression continue. But we speak to what we hope for, not what is strive for that. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us to do this. Will you pray with me today as we prepare our hearts as our worship team returns? Let's pray that the Lord would help us to be diligent as watchmen in this season that we're in, in the world that we're living in today, with all things that are going on. When people talk about that the Lord is, his return is any day now. It's ever so important to be ready for judgment day when that day comes so that we know that our hearts are right before the Lord and that day has no fear attached to it whatsoever. Instead, we'll welcome that day because we know we have been a faithful servant keeping the assignment that he gave us. So let's pray that our hearts would help us to do that. Heavenly Father, you created man and woman in the garden. You created them to steward this world with each with their God-given role to fulfill, things that only they could do. But there is an imbalance today, and I pray that you would help both men and women in our church to be committed to going deeper with you, deeper in faith, 
deeper in devotion, deeper in love with you, deeper in character, deeper in spirit power. Raise up living hope so that men and women would take their place in God's plan for the future. Help us to rise to our responsibility for our families and for our church. Help us to be alert watchmen that are wise to the enemy's schemes so that we might be vigilant, raising up the next generation that is strong for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings to worship with us. We are located at 267 College Highway in Southwick, Massachusetts. For more information about Living Hope Church, visit us online at www.livinghopechurchag.org.